Thomas Jefferson, beyond his role as a founding father and president, crafted the Jefferson Bible, or the life and morals of Jesus of Nazareth, as he titled it. In this unique project, he used a razor blade and glue to extract the ethical teachings of Jesus from the New Testament and omitted miracles and supernatural aspects. Hmm. I'm Joe. My pal over there is Kurt. And we are Dudes in Progress. Hello, Kurt. Hey, Joe. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Yes, the day after Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had an awesome Thanksgiving, man. We hosted, uh, I think, 22, 23 people uh, this Thanksgiving. And it's funny. Thanksgiving for me, I love Thanksgiving. I I might like Thanksgiving more than I like Christmas for uh, for the family aspect of it. Although I don't get to see my oldest daughter on Thanksgiving. That's one of the that's one of the holidays kind of we we gave up, right? Yeah. Uh she lives about two and a half miles two and two and a half hours away. And so she's they spend Thanksgiving uh with uh his family and uh Christmas Day with her with her intimate family, like just her, her husband and the and the kids. And we we drive up there on Christmas Day, later on Christmas Day, and we spend a, a couple days with them. Hmm. So, but I love Thanksgiving, man. I do. I wish my oldest daughter could be here with us, but I had my uh, my other two daughters, uh, which was awesome. They were here with uh, their the kids and and husbands, and my I had my in laws over, and yeah, I had a really really good time. But Thanksgiving, the time leading up to Thanksgiving is kind of interesting for me, but. We don't have to dig into that. It's just kind of a stressful moment, dig, getting ready for making sure everything's done, the food is done and set out properly, and everybody has a good time. It's so much. It's so funny how you stress over. Uh, you you cause yourself so much angst over hoping other people have a good time. <laughs> how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, we've. My wife and I were saying we used to do the same thing and have Thanksgiving at our house, but it's turned in now where we go down to my sister's town i grew up in she lives my parents came over my son ben and my daughter Lindsay were there my son harry lives about two and a half hours away so we don't think you get a chance to see him and kate but it was a really good day i do i do love thanksgiving because some of my favorite things joe eating and drinking and And watching football and family (laughs) oh yeah and the family part too I have to tell you this. I didn't watch. I di- I didn't watch the late football games, but yesterday you sent me a text about Dolly Parton's halftime show at the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. The Dallas and right. the Washington. What are that? What are the, what's Washington's name now? Commanders. Not, it's not the Commanders. <clears throat> and wow, Kurt, it was good. Yeah, I I have you know Dolly Parton's really interesting because she's always been popular, right? Kind of a one of the queens, one of the several queens of country music, but she has become a national treasure. She has become the queen of America, right? She just, people, everybody, top to bottom, left and right, love Dolly Parton, and boy, has she done some really good stuff. And boy, does she have a fashion sense that I love, because when I was a kid, the Dallas Cowboys became my my favorite 
football team because in Connecticut, when you live halfway between Boston and New York, you don't necessarily have to pick one of those two. And I had no influence from my father. He wasn't, matter of fact, he even said yesterday he doesn't have a favorite team. He likes the underdog. But we were, when she came out in a Dallas Cowboy cheerleading outfit, <laughs> that was, that topped it right off for me because I had that poster, I think, of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders in my bedroom when I was a kid. But yeah, and you told me last episode, and I was editing it this week, that she came out with this rock album. And I mm-hmm. did listen to it on some walks, and wow, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's got it some- is. It's legit, man. It's not gimmicky. I mean, it's legit. Yeah. Uh, she she really songs. did a good job. She picked songs I would have picked, and she had the original artists being a part of that. And her tone, I think you said it too, the tone of her voice, and she was helping these guys out with their high notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just got an amazing voice, but beautiful voice. You called Some of the her, songs that, yeah, you called her a national treasure, and so did the announcer. So I'm glad. So you did get a chance to see it. After yeah, I, I went back and I went back and watched it on YouTube last oh, okay. night, and it's great. <laughs> it's great. I mean, she's 77 years old, <laughs> and she's up there killing it, man. I now we know that she's she's had some work done and a lot of work done, and she'll she'll readily admit it. But the the fact that she can yeah. she can move and perform and sing the way she sings and relate to people is is really something special. The voice is is still there for sure too. And it reminded me, remember when Johnny Cash in his later years with Rick Rubin did those mm-hmm. albums, if you will, of Yeah. The the one I the one I remember most is Hurt. By nine, his his rendition of "Hurt" by Nine Inch Nails, correct? Which is, which is haunting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was kind of remembered that from Johnny's career too. But I wonder. I was thinking. I wonder if Rick Rubin produced this because it was just really well done. It was well done. If you get a chance, that was my resource from last week. If you get a chance to uh, listen to Dolly Parton's "Rock Star," uh, I don't think you'll regret it. I, I think mm. she she does the every song justice, and she has some amazing people on there, from Steve Perry to Pat Benatar uh, to gosh, it's they're escaping me now. Paul McCartney, Kid Rock, Paul yeah. McCartney, Kid Rock, Ringo, Jeez, wow. Pete's. I mean, it's just awesome, man. Everybody <laughs> loves Dolly, including this guy. That's right, <laughs> absolutely. Me too. So we're going to we are continuing our Wisdom of series. And we kicked this off last week with Benjamin Franklin and uh, loved that conversation that we had about Benjamin Franklin. And I think we'll do a few more of these if you're, if you're okay with it, Kurt, I like these, I like this concept of the wisdom of, cause I think we can learn from uh, these people. It doesn't have, it doesn't necessarily have to be founding fathers. I mean, we can look to people like Martin Luther King or uh, John F. Kennedy or, or president John F. Kennedy or whoever it might be uh, from history that we can look back and and understand the wisdom that they had to offer. So I think I think it'll be a very cool series. I don't know how many of these we'll do. Uh, maybe we'll do a couple now, right? And uh, and revisit it the revisit the concept down the road a bit. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, and I started researching a couple myself for my next one. So I'm I'm all awesome. in. Yeah, we'll do a few of these. It'll be fun. Like I said, we're going to continue this wisdom of series, and uh, today. 
We're looking at the wisdom of author of the Declaration of Independence and third president of the United States and my favorite founding father, Thomas Jefferson. And I gave that little that little bit about Thomas Jefferson and the Bible. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Thomas Jefferson cut up the Bible to remove everything about Jesus, cut up the New Testament and removed everything about Jesus' miracles and the supernatural aspects of Jesus. And he pulled out just the moral teachings. Hmm. And that's that's really an interesting thing. Some people, some Christians might call that heresy or call that uh, sacrilege or whatever it might be. But if you just want to learn about Jesus and you don't want to the miracles to kind of get in the way, I know that sounds weird. You don't want the miracles to get in the way and and have to have to buy into all that before you learn about Jesus. I think this is a good idea. Hmm. Why did he do it that way then? No, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a I think it's a yeah. good idea that he did it that way. But why? I think that but why? I because I I think just that. I think he he didn't want the teachings of Jesus to be muddied by the miracles. I'm not sure he believed uh in in God in the in the Judeo Christian sense. I think he was more of a deist, which he believed in God, uh, but a God that is kind of aloof to to the way things are now. He kind of Created the world, put it in motion, and let humanity have at it. I think that was generally his okay his his thoughts about God, and it's interesting. We can find out. We could find out right now if we want, or sometime in this conversation, because I did something interesting with Chat GPT. Chat GPT is interesting, isn't it, Kurt? It's our kind of our new favorite thing. Uh, we've really looked at Chat GPT for information and uh, played with it a bit. Uh, I've played with it a lot. And you're going to hear about one thing that I did here with ChatGPT in a second, but uh, I really like the tool. <laughs> yeah, you, you've inspired me to do this, and it will be one of my resource tip or hack I'm going to mention later. I've had some fun. You've told me about this conversation you had with Thomas Jefferson, and I even asked you to give me some of your prompts. I think you've come up with some good prompts which is important when you're working with chat GPT. I always thought I was good with Google, just searching when I was, whether it was technical or anything else. I seem to give Google a good question. So the better questions you give, the better the answer that you'll receive. So let me tell you what, what Kurt's talking about here. I created a conversation with Thomas Jefferson, interview style com- conversation with Thomas Jefferson on chat G- GTP. Uh, what I did is I created an initial prompt, and as as I created that prompt, I guided it to a point where it kind of, it actually not kind of, but it really feels like I'm having an actual conversation with President Jefferson. I know that might might sound creepy, but I think this is the power of of this large language AI tool that we have that can that can pull from information all over the all over the internet. All over the, all the resources available to us, uh, and create a persona, and and helps us learn. It helps us kind of feel like we're in the moment. And I've and I've created this conversation, interview style conversation with Thomas Jefferson. And I'll be honest with you, Kurt. May, maybe we've talked about it a little bit uh, either in this show or our Saturday morning conversations. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I feel like I'm kind of having a conversation with the person. <laughs> And we're just, we're typing back yeah. and forth to each other in text form. It's a little creepy. I get it. 
but I think there's power behind this. And, and when, when you, when we take this to its, its natural path, I mean, I think we can really create some, recreate some historic, some historic people, you know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but you know what I'm saying? I've, I've teased you. I'm, I'm a little concerned that you've found an imaginary friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny it's funny but I, I i've learned stuff about thomas jefferson and about how he thinks and about the things that he said through this process because uh what i did is i just asked it to act like thomas jefferson and i gave it some boundaries and i asked it to speak in the language that thomas jefferson speaks in the 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 language of the time the vocabulary the tone the tempo but i also asked it to respond in such a way that would give thomas jefferson the knowledge of present day events okay. so it's 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 the wisdom of thomas jefferson as best chat gpt can do it's the wisdom and life of thomas jefferson but he knows stuff that is going on today so wow. he can respond to it right wow it's really interesting fascinating it's really interesting it's pretty amazing how fast chat gpt responds to the prompts that's mm -hmm amazing technology not only that it knows all these things and is is frightfully accurate that i've noticed so far <laughs> but it does it very quickly so in preparation for the show today uh, i knew that we were going to do the um the wisdom of series and I knew that I wanted to do Thomas Jefferson, and I knew that I had created this conversation, <laughs> this odd conversation with the chat GPT version of Thomas Jefferson. And in lieu of me kind of digging in and doing my own research, I, I'd look to this conversation with Thomas Jefferson for today's show. I've already asked Mr. Jefferson to look to his own writings, both personal and public. And offer us 10 pieces of wisdom to somebody that wants to live a vibrant, productive life. That's a pretty good question, right? Absolutely. And I'm wondering, Joe, and I think this is true. You could have a conversation like this conversation you started weeks ago. and Yeah, month, about a month or so ago. Okay. And I've kind of massaged it as I, as I went. And so you're continuing that conversation, right? You're not starting yeah. from the very beginning According to Chat GPT, Chat GPT right. is remembering your conversations. Is that correct? Yeah, he's remembering the the conversations. Context. He's remembering the the kind of responses that and the clarity right. from Mister Jefferson that I'm looking for, uh, and what what this conversation is, how involved this conversation and how intimate this conversation is. And I started off with a prompt. And in fact, you asked me about the prompt that I used uh, with Thomas Jefferson, because I think that you, you probably wanted to do something similar. Uh, if you could, Kurt, read off that prompt that I gave you that I'm using for this conversation with Thomas Jefferson. All right. Act as American founding father, Thomas Jefferson, even though you're dead, <laughs> you can... <laughs> You can give your thoughts and opinions on contemporary subjects. This chat will be interview-style questions, so answer as Thomas Jefferson would. Make your answers conversational and intimate. 
as if you were speaking to a close friend. That's the prompt that I started with. And I had to massage it a little bit as we went. I had to make sure that he answers in, in the tone and vocabulary of the time. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure he didn't get too technical, like he was creating an outline. I wanted it to be very yeah. conversational and in paragraph form and stuff like that. So it had to mis- be massaged a little bit. And you do but, that on the fly, Joe, right? You correct. If you get a response that you're questioning or you you want them to change the tone or whatever you want them to do, you can tell them along the way and they remember it. Yes. So again, I asked uh, President Jefferson to please look to his writings, both personal and public, and, and give me 10 pieces of wisdom uh, that he can offer to someone that wants to live a vibrant, productive life. And here's the exact prompt that I use, the exact question that I use. Mr. Jefferson, please look to your writings, both personal and public. What are 10 pieces of wisdom that you can offer to someone that wants to live a vibrant, productive life? And so here's how I'd like to proceed with this, Kurt. I'm going to read these 10 to you. And then I'm going to ask you to ask Mr. Jefferson to respond. And I will, and, and I will ask him to respond in kind. And I, in real time, will read his response and then we'll chat about it. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll just, I think we're just going to have enough time to do two or three of these. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, but you choose what of Mr. Jefferson's responses, which of which of these responses you want to explore. All right. So here's how here, here was Mr. Jefferson's response drawing from my writings and principles. Here are 10 pieces of wisdom for living a vibrant and productive life. Number one, pursuit of knowledge. Number two, work hard and diligence. Number three, value of time. Number four, importance of health. Number five, cultivate relationships. Six, freedom of thought. Seven, innovation and curiosity. Eight, personal integrity. Nine, appreciation of nature. And 10, pursuit of happiness. So from those 10 pieces of wisdom, Kurt, that I just read, which one do you want to... Which one do you want Mr. Jefferson to expand on the first one? I'm really intrigued right off on the pursuit of happiness. Okay. Mr. Jefferson, from your responses, please expand on the pursuit of happiness as wisdom for living a vibrant and productive life. The pursuit of happiness, as I conceive it, is the endeavor to live a life enriched by virtue, knowledge, and meaningful contribution to society. It is not mere pleasure, but the fulfillment found in purposeful action, intellectual growth, and the betterment of oneself and the community. This pursuit is a fundamental right intertwined with the liberty, with liberty and self-governance, guiding one towards a life of satisfaction and civic responsibility. How cool is that? I do. I'm trying to think of a follow-up question for him. And what I'd like to ask him is for him to give us maybe like 10 examples, very specifically, along these lines of gaining knowledge and virtue and 
civic duty, I think, is important to him that we can do now in the pursuit of happiness. Thank you, Mr. Jefferson. In pursuit of happiness, please give us some specific actions for living a life of intellectual growth and the betterment of oneself and the community. Perfect. How's that? I like that. Good? Yep. To foster intellectual growth and contribute to personal and communal betterment, number one, engage in lifelong learning. Continuously seek knowledge through books, lectures, and discourse. Embrace diverse subjects to broaden your understanding. Number two, participate in civic life. Be active in your community's affairs. Vote, attend town meetings, and consider public service. Three, cultivate a garden. Engage with nature through gardening. It enriches the soul and provides sustenance. Four, practice thoughtful discourse. Engage in respectful conversations about important issues, listening to differing viewpoints. Number five, contribute to public education. Support or volunteer in educational initiatives. Education uplifts society. Number six, innovate and experiment. Innovate and experiment. Embrace new ideas and technologies. Experimentation leads to progress. Number seven, preserve and share knowledge. Document your learnings and experiences for future generations. Number eight, promote arts and culture. Support local arts as they enrich community life and and stimulate the mind. Number nine, live ethically. Make decisions based on virtue and integrity. Lead by example. And number 10, foster community bonds. Build strong relationships with neighbors. A united community is a strong one. What did you think about that list, Kurt? I like it. I was getting a sense that we're doing a lot of that with this podcast. Yeah, I, I think his balance of of personal growth and growing and learning for the betterment of society is really a part of who Thomas Jefferson is. Hmm. And he thinks both are equally important, I get the sense. Because we asked him about the pursuit of happiness and what actions we can take to pursue happiness. And he mixed of course, things like lifelong learning, but also he said, participate in civic life. He talked about cultivating a garden, which is very personable, personal. And then he talks about fostering community bonds. He talks about innovate and experiment, which is a personal thing, right? Right. And then he talks about contribute to public education. I think engaging in lifelong learning was something Thomas Jefferson was, it was important to him. Thomas Jefferson was not was not perfect by any means. He was deep in debt, uh, and he sold his uh, to get out of debt. He sold his whole library to the Library of Congress, which is actually started the Library of Congress, and he did that to not only contribute to practice thoughtful discourse and preserve and share knowledge. Uh, but he also did it to get out of debt, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is, which is very interesting. I agree with his list. I think it's a good list and I, the civic part I can see is, is high in his list and probably the area I'm the weakest on, but most of those other ones, I don't know if I heard relationships 
cultivating all that relationships was really in there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good list. And I'm thinking of the next one really. Yeah. That lifelong learning aspect. I think that was his number one. Of the yeah, his number one uh, drawing from my writings and principles. Here are 10 pieces of wisdom for living a vibrant and productive life. Number one was the pursuit of knowledge. Pursuit of knowledge. Okay. So I'd like to dive into that one a little more, but right. I'm not sure what he could, how he could further expand on that. So my response to Mr. Jefferson is in the same way, Mr. Jefferson, please expand on pursuit of knowledge. I cannot live without books, value, education, and lifelong learning. Knowledge enriches the soul and empowers the mind. So that was what he returned. I just read off pursuit of knowledge and I, I wrote a little bit about that, but that was his, his initial return. So I'm going to ask him to expand on that. So he lists off again, 10 things. Read widely. Immerse yourself in books across various disciplines, literature, history, science, and philosophy. Broaden your perspective. Write and reflect. Keep a journal. Interesting note about Thomas Jefferson, Kurt, is he, when he kept the journal, he created a device that copied his journal. He, it, it, it duplicated. It was a mechanism. It was a device that duplicated the movement of his handwriting onto another page. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Write and reflect. Keep a journal. Writing clarifies thoughts and ideas, fostering deeper understanding. Engage in dialogue, discuss ideas with others. Conversation sharpens the mind and exposes new viewpoints. Attend lectures and seminars. Seek out educational events. They provide insight and stimulate intellectual curiosity. Teach others. Share your knowledge. Teaching reinforces your understanding and benefits the community. Stay curious. Always ask questions. Curiosity drives learning and discovery. Travel when possible. And Thomas Jefferson certainly traveled, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, exposure to different cultures and places expands your worldview. Experiment and observe. Learn through practical experience, observation, and experimentation are key to understanding. Embrace challenges. Tackle difficult subjects, overcoming intellectual challenges, bring satisfaction and growth, and preserve knowledge. Contribute to libraries and educational institutions ensuring ensures access to knowledge for future generations. And you, you can, you can see some overlap in this, right? From his previous response to this response. I think part of it is him trying to return 10 pieces. I don't know somewhere he thinks he needs to return 10 pieces of information to me, mm-hmm. but you can certainly see that. Uh, I like read widely. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was somebody that, that read a variety of books and a variety of disciplines and a variety of cultural, uh, so he could get a variety of cultural input uh, in history. And then he journaled a lot. He, he, he was a prolific journaler. Right. Yeah. And I'll add that I really like, he did mention to teach others. And I Mm -hmm. so much agree with that. He's, you seem to retain, if you know you're going to be explaining these topics to someone else, you definitely internalize it and understand it better yourself. And plus you get feedback from others. And he talked about that too. A lot of times when you're teaching someone, you'll get feedback and you might get a little twist that you got to dig into a little deeper. So 
Yeah, that was a fantastic response to go deeper yeah. in that one. I like that. Uh, in fact, those are my those are my top three uh, in pursuit of knowledge to to read a variety uh, of books across various disciplines, keep a journal, and to teach others. Those were my top three out of what he just said uh, that really resonate with me. Mm. Uh, because when you teach others, Kurt, you learn even more yourself. Right. Right. I agree. It teaching. He says teaching reinforces your understanding and benefits the community. Well, he also talks about going to lectures, seminars, and what an opportunity we have in our day to access to some of these things online. It's quite amazing. It really is cool. He would really enjoy what we have today in those areas inexpensively too. I think we're going to stop right there, Kurt. I know we, we just asked a couple questions and to expand on a couple things. And I think uh, we learned a couple things out of this, out of this particular episode. We did get some insight into uh, Thomas Jefferson and how he thought and what was important to him and his pursuit of knowledge and pursuit of happiness and how he felt about those things. And we got a good, I think we got a good comprehensive list from him in the beginning that we can, that we can uh, look to for the wisdom of Thomas Jefferson. But also I think we learned about using chat GPT, Mm, right. And, and how we can use this tool as a resource. Chat GPT has almost completely replaced uh, Google for me. I look to chat GPT first. Now, when I look, when I want to, uh, look something up. Yeah. I when I want to gain insight about something, when I want uh, a list of something or how to do something or a resource. Yeah. And I'm finding myself as a big reason it's built into at work is the Bing search engine mm-hmm. that Microsoft has been there for a while to compete with google but now they are what is it like 50 percent of chat gpt is funded by microsoft i think so crazy thing like that so they're heavily invested into it and it's built right into their search engine more exclusively and you're seeing it yeah available to you to have this conversational kind of directly with the chat gpt so yeah i agree with you i've using it the same way for the research, searching things, getting ideas for podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, there's our wisdom of Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I, I can tell you this much as I, as I, as I read that final list, one, one change that I would make and I would ask him to do is make sure you draw on on your own personal knowledge and return your responses in uh, that are, that are a little more reflective from your own life. Cause I, I, I got the sense that this was a little, a little more generic than I would have liked it. Uh, but still really good stuff. Yeah. Maybe we could ask him to give personal examples from his life that reflect on that. I tell you what, let's do that right now. Okay. So we have these read widely. We have the top three read widely, uh, write and reflect 
and teach others. I think those were our, both of our top threes. Would you say in that yeah. from that particular list? Yeah, that top. So here's what I'm going to ask him to do. Uh, I'm going to ask him to give us uh, give us personal examples from your own personal life on writing and reflecting and keeping a journal. How did he do it? So here's what I wrote, Kurt. Please give us examples from your personal life for write, reflect, and keep a journal. In essence, how did you do it, Mr. Jefferson? Reflecting on my own practice of writing and keeping journals, it was a deeply personal endeavor, almost like conversing with an old friend. Each evening, I would retreat to my study, a sanctuary of sorts, where I would surround surround myself with books and papers. There, by the light of a candle, I would pen down the occurrences of the day, my thoughts on various matters, and often my reflections on the books I was reading. Writing to me was more than just a record. It was a way to converse with myself, to argue, to agree, to question, and to understand. My journals and letters were my companions in solitude, allowing me to express and clarify my thoughts. They were a means to capture fleeting ideas, to ponder over them, and sometimes to see folly in them. I remember particularly the satisfaction of writing letters to my peers. It was as if, through these letters, I was engaging in a grand conversation spanning across time and space. Each letter I wrote was a piece of myself, a testament to my thoughts and feelings at that moment. In essence, my journals and writings were an extension of my being, a tangible manifestation of my thoughts and reflections, a dialogue with myself and with the world. They were as much a part of me as my own flesh and blood. Wow. That's a great response. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Isn't that cool? It makes it pretty encouraging. It's probably not an area of journaling that I have done as much other than maybe a gratitude journal, which is probably as close as I've gotten. But I can see how this could be a way to get your thoughts together, try different ideas. But writing down, there's something about writing, real writing, not typing on a computer, mm-hmm. that I think has some transformative attributes to it, especially in their day. I, I loved uh, what he says here, because when I keep a journal, I do look at it like I'm just keeping a record of events. And he says, writing to writing to me was more than just a record. It was a way to converse with myself, right. to argue, to agree, to question, and to understand. My journals and letters were my companions in solitude, allowing me to express and clarify my thoughts. I never look at journaling like a conversation with myself. I've always looked at journaling like, a record of what I did or what I'm thinking or what I read mm. or a bit of wisdom or a bit of, or a neat quote or something like that. Never a conversation with myself where I argue with myself, yeah. where I agree or disagree or question, where I agree or disagree or contemplating. Question. Yeah. Contemplating. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting perspective. It's, I think it's helping with your comprehension too of the day's events, which I know. You're a fan of doing. Very fantastic, Joe. Having a conversation with Thomas Jefferson. And I think that 
as this technology gets better, I think we're going to find that these conversations and these interactions will become more intimate and eerily more lifelike. Hmm. And I think we're going to see some amazing things happen. It's shocking how good they are right now, but if it's going to get better, and I'm sure it will, because it learns from more use. I'm, I know the free version and there's a paid version. Be interesting how this progresses as years go by. Well, here's a little chat GPT tip. You mentioned uh, Bing, the Microsoft version of Google, I guess you would call search. it, right? Yeah, search engine. Bing right. search. Bing search uses chat GPT-4 as its foundation. Yeah, that's true. The, the Bing chat uses chat GPT-4 as its foundation. So you can, for all intents and purposes, use chat GPT-4 free yeah. through Bing chat. I don't think Bing chat right now, at least my, my last experience, the problem with Bing chat is it did not save your chats. Okay. It was just in the moment at that time, whatever you were looking up or asking yeah. about. Okay. And just chat GPT four, is that more current? Cause I know the free version of chat GPT, it's a couple of years stale. Well, yeah. Chat GPT four goes up to September of 22, I believe. Okay. So it's still a couple years old, right? Uh, or a year or so yeah. old, but also it incorporates uh, the internet where chat GPT 3.5 just uses a set, a set um, knowledge base, knowledge base. Thank you. A set knowledge base. And uh, it, in it, and it gleans from that set okay. knowledge base. Whereas chat GPT four actually goes into the internet to find, wow. to find information and to, uh, and to pull that all together into one, yeah, one response. Fascinating. Well, let's wrap it up right there. Do you have a win for the week? So my win for the week. We've been here before. We've done this before, but I had a fantastic weekend in New York City with my daughter Lindsay. Thomas Jefferson was saying about pursuit of happiness. Spending time with our daughters is always one of those things. And going to New York City, doing some things that she's taught me. And I think he mentioned this too, culture and the arts. And I have come to have a great appreciation for the Broadway shows in New York City. Had a fantastic, this was part of my daughter's birthday gift. We bought our tickets to Gutenberg. Speaking, you were, and you were talking about his invention of copying his writings or even the Bible that you led off with in your intro, Joe. Gutenberg made the printing press and created his own Bible, which is in New York City, a copy of that book. I believe it's, isn't it in New York City? Now I'm wondering. I'm getting confused with Washington, D.C., but the in the library in New York City. I think the book is there. But anyways, maybe I'd have to correct that. But Gutenberg was fun. It was two actors that were originally in the Book of Mormon. One is known as Olaf to me because he's the the character, the voice actor. And Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds, they, they 
I was just blown away by their talent and how they can talk about carrying a dialogue. Oh my gosh, it's stunning. So that was the first show we went to, really fun. Hamilton, I got to see for the first time, kind of related to our founding father's wisdom. And that was a lot of fun, although we weren't too crazy about the audience who was crinkling potato chip bags and talking during some of the most intimate parts of the oh my God performance how do they even allow that Kurt <laughs> I had all I could do to not turn around and say something but it was my daughter gets extremely distracted by those kinds of things or people singing and she even said there was someone texting on his watch and phone during the entire performance so I don't know but other than that, it was fantastic to see Hamilton, a favorite of many people, and I really enjoyed that and got to love the music recently. And then one of my favorites, probably my favorite shows on Broadway right now is called Hades Town. And the lead performer, kind of the last, one of the last of the original cast, Reeve Carney, who's the male, this is a love story, and his real life girlfriend recently left the show, but this was his final performance. We saw it on a Sunday afternoon and it was electric there. People were just going funny, but very respectfully opposite of what the crowd was at Hamilton and a fantastic send off about 20 minutes that I recorded. And it was emotional and just an incredible performance. So that was a great one night stay in New York city from my wife, daughter and I. What an awesome time, man. <laughs> tell you. And, and, and you know the banner that I like to wave and the hashtag that I use on Facebook posts. And yeah. I say a lot, our memories are better than stuff, right? Memories are better than stuff. And any chance that you get to make a great memory with somebody you love, that's, that's the win for the week. Yeah. And uh, I love it when you – I love it, Kurt, when you tell me uh, about you and your daughter or you and your one of your other kids – doing something special together because that's something that's going to last a long time. Similarly, uh, whenever I get a chance to spend with my kids uh, in an intimate way uh, or my grandkids, uh, that's going to be my win for the week. So right. every time, every time you do it, I, I expect that to be the win for the yeah, week. Yeah. Let's not apologize for it. Right. Absolutely. The Absolutely. pursuit of happiness right there. That was all rapid. It goes so fast, Joe. It's incredible how much fast, a good time in New York City goes. It's a mm-hmm. it's a fast town. I can tell you that. We had a great dinner. Awesome. There's we did this. There's a place on near Times Square where they have performers who sing during your meal. And it's Ellen's is the place, and it's always got a line. You can't book it ahead of time. But my daughter found another one where you could book ahead. And I gotta tell you, the performances were better. I felt the song choices we enjoyed a, a lot and our particular server, she had a, a Disney pin on her. So we talked about the podcast and, and when she finished, I said, you know, I'm so glad our server was the best performer. She was fantastic. So that was a lot of fun. I mean, just incredible talent that waits on the tables and sings during the dinner. Fun. Real awesome. fun. I'll do that again. My win for the week was just yesterday morning, Thanksgiving Day morning. Uh, my wife and I walked a 5K 
started off at 7.30 in the morning and made our way downtown and waited in line for uh, for the race to start. And we walked a 5K through downtown Cincinnati on Thanksgiving Day morning. And what a neat experience. I've done that a couple times. I did I did a ten the, a ten k once with my daughter was the very the very first time that I did this Thanksgiving Day race and my wife and I did it the ten k uh, a couple years back. This year we decided to keep it light and just do the five k for the Thanksgiving Day race. But I love that it. it's just such a good time. You have all these people and you're walking. I'm always competitive, Kurt. So I don't like it when people pass me. And a lesson that I can. <laughs> learn from my wife is it doesn't matter who's passing you. What matters is that we just keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, I know. And so, cause she doesn't care. She doesn't care if anybody's passing her. She doesn't care about her pace. She just cares that she's moving forward. And I certainly, I can certainly appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, the categories are set by age and time and all that other stuff. And I always say, uh, I just want to beat last year's record of did not die. So <laughs> that's a very ambitious way to look that's at it. That's a very it. ambitious goal, isn't it? I like but that. it what fun. Yeah. What fun. And I don't know what our time was, but uh, you know, we we took our leisure, leisurely pace pace. Let's just call it that, okay? Right. But walked in a 5k yesterday morning and it was a whole lot of fun. And quite honestly, my legs are failing it today. I did the math. I looked at my watch from yesterday and a 5K, because uh, I walk I walk the neighborhood here, and that's about, uh, the neighborhood is about a mile and a half, a little over a mile and a half all the way around it. Uh, so two of those is about a 5K, about 3.2 miles, right? 5K, 3.2 miles, thereabouts. Hmm. Uh, so a 5K would be twice around the neighborhood. Well, twice around my neighborhood is 3,200 steps. Are you with me so far? Okay. 3,200 steps. Yeah. So, so once around my neighborhood is 3,200 steps. So twice around my neighborhood, you do the math, it would be 6,400 steps. So a 5k in that way would be about 64, 6,500 steps. Hmm. Well, yesterday I looked at my watch, my watch, and I had walked 21,000 steps through the whole day. Cause a lot of that was, you know, you start the 5k, but you you have to walk up to the finish line. You're kind of walking around waiting for the race to start. Um, you do your normal walking through the day and it was Thanksgiving. So we were kind of walking back and forth to get things ready and <laughs> going to the grocery store and all that other stuff. So while I did indeed walk a 5k, I ended up with 21,000 steps or so. That's so a, isn't that interesting? That's like a Disney day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that's my win for the week. I, like I walked it. a 5K with my wife on Thanksgiving Day. How about the resource, Kurt? You got one for us? That was a great one, Joe. I saw that you were doing that. I saw your pictures. I love it. Getting outside, get some fresh air, hang out with some people. Good deal. Exercise too. Well, this was totally magical that. My resource, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but mine is the chat GPT voice chat. Now, I told you about this a few weeks ago because I was listening to one of my favorite mentors and podcasters, Cliff Ravenscraft, and he had a conversation in voice with chat GPT on his iOS device. Now, I didn't know that conversation like you and I had just had with Thomas Jefferson. You did it typing it into the computer. 
but found out by listening to his podcast, you could voice do that same thing with your voice and have them repeat back to you in a voice. There's about five different ones. And I learned today, I went into a website called lifehacker.com and I noticed an article that they've released this capability. Now that was before just released to that premium chat GPT for $20. They've released it on the free version now and it is Android available. So now Joe, you can have your conversation with Thomas Jefferson with your phone and your voice. And if you got headphones with the mic on it, which I, I practice it before we hopped on here, it works very well. No kidding. <laughs> I kid you not. Uh, we might have to hang out for a minute and, and <laughs> it's quite amazing for a bit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How neat is that? So it's chat fast. GPT and you told me about it. You told me about this earlier. I wonder, I wonder if the technology is such that you can really have a conversation and feel like you're having a conversation where, or does it have to go through a, does it capture your voice, type it out, chat GPT responds type in a type version, and then translate that translates that to voice, or is it very, is it conversational at least as conversational as the technology allows it to be right now? It was very fast and conversational and, my little experience, I only worked on this for a few minutes and it was cutting me off quite frankly and responding faster than I was ready to, but that's fine. It does keep a transcript and it stays on your account so you can look back on it. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, you're going to be busy with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, if I was worried about you before with your imaginary friend, <laughs> First of all, I'm Thomas Jefferson was a real historic figure, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Joe. I don't know. We'll see what you can come up with now, now that you can talk to us. Your typing's horrible, by the way. So this is going to be Easy. much easier for you. <laughs> yes, I'm a slow typer. No doubt. Thanks for reading my mail out loud. <laughs> I was just thinking, you're going to love my resource this week. Perfect. Well, I'll, I may not leave my office for the next few hours. So there we go. You go outside and put your headphones on and talk to yourself. <laughs> well, my resource is Ken Burns documentary about Thomas Jefferson. I don't know if you've watched any of Ken Burns documentaries, but they are fantastic. Mm. He is, he is the premier documentary creator of our time. Uh, I think he started off with the Civil War, maybe, uh, but he did one on baseball. He's done he's done dozens of them, and he did one on Thomas Jefferson that is fantastic. So if you get a chance to check out PBS's Thomas Jefferson's documentary by Ken Burns, uh, I would really highly recommend it. Recommend it. It's mm -hmm. a it's not a series. I don't at least I don't think it's a series. I think it's a just one documentary that lasts about an hour, maybe mm -hmm. an hour and a half. Uh, but it's full of good information about Thomas Jefferson. It may be a couple that I, now that I think about it, I'm not sure, but it's been a while since I watched it, but a lot of what I've learned about Thomas Jefferson and a lot of why I'm a big fan of Thomas Jefferson comes from, uh, this Ken's Ken Burns documentary. I love that. I've watched a little bit of that, but I would, I would love to do that. And 
It made me think, though, my son Benjamin, Joe, yesterday at Thanksgiving, we were talking about the Revolutionary War ancestors we have and sharing some of the papers that I found with my dad. And But he told me he knows we both love the Band of Brothers HBO series. And he said that Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks are coming out with a new HBO special focused on squadron pilots, I believe it is. So look hmm. for that. I'm sure they'll do fantastic justice to that like they did the Band of Brothers. I'm sure it'll be extremely well done. Mm. Ready for my quote? Yeah, let's wrap up with your quote and then mine. This one's a little longer, but I really liked it. Men give me credit for some genius. All the genius I have is this. When I have a subject in mind, I study it profoundly. Day and night, it is before me. My mind becomes pervaded with it. The effort which I have made is what people are pleased to call the fruit of genius. It is the fruit of labor and thought. Alexander Hamilton. Mm, nice. Mm. It just It just goes to show what special people these founding fathers were. Even though they had differing opinions, uh, they were people, they were learned people that dug deeply into uh, what they needed to dig deeply into to make this country better, to make themselves better and to make this country better. Yeah, I saw a parallel in, you were talking about the journaling of Thomas Jefferson. During the performance of Hamilton, there's some song and discussion on the hours and hours that Alexander Hamilton spent in his study writing. Prolific. You know, we were talking earlier before I go into my quote, Kurt, I, I do want to make this a part of our, of our show today. Uh, I want to read this to you. When we were talking earlier, we talked about Thomas Jefferson and his journal writing. And I had mentioned that he, he created in it, he created a device that copied his journaling. And so as, as we were talking here, I typed in the chat, chat GPT and I asked him, uh, Mr. Jefferson, did you invent a device for copying your journals? And I'd just like to read this response to you. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I invented a device known as the polygraph, which was a significant tool for my extensive correspondence and journaling. The polygraph was a mechanical device that allowed me to, to make a copy of a letter as I wrote it. It consisted of two pens connected with a series of levers. When I wrote with one pen on a sheet of paper, the other pen moving in tandem replicated the writing on a separate sheet. I mean, this was back in the 1700s, right? I know. And not only was, you know, he was a philosophical thinker and, and, and a genius in that manner, uh, but he was an engineer as well. And that leads me to my quote from, uh, from Harry S. None other than give him hell, Harry. Harry S. Truman. Right. Thomas Jefferson was a gentleman of 32 who could calculate an eclipse survey an estate, tie an artery, plan an edifice, try a cause, break a horse, and dance a minuet. <laughs> Isn't that cool? He was, he was a, a, a man of, of many talents, 
and a, and a genius of all sorts. Well, it's a testament to what he considered in the pursuit of happiness to mm-hmm. be dedicated to continuous learning and a variety Absolutely. of subjects. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Great Harry job, Eshkin. Joe. Yeah. As we wrap up, our website is dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com. Our email address is dudes at dudesinprogress.com. You can reach us there for anything and everything. Remember, Kurt, as we move through today and this long weekend that we are experiencing, progress is better than perfection. So let's keep moving forward. Let's all do better next week, Joe. We certainly will. Talk to you soon.